the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back. Tuesday, December 13th, 2022. Just a note of warning. With some of the themes I'm about to discuss, you may want to take a moment to have no young children listening. And um, if that's impossible, you can always hear this later from our website podcast at any time, any appropriate time of your choosing, 960 The Patriot. Dot com is where you can access it. Okay, here we go. One of the more popular discussed books on intersectionality for children is a book titled Lawn Boy. It is recommended, I kid you not, for ages 8 to 60. Age 8 would be second grade. If you'll allow me to read a couple of passages. Quote, this is in the book, quote, Not that it really matters... In fourth grade at a church youth group meeting out in the bushes, I touched Doug Goebbels, and they use a vulgar word for male organs, and he touched mine. In fact, there was even some mouths involved. Here's another passage from that book. What if I told you I touched another guy's, again, they use a vulgar vulgar word for male organs. Now, what if I told you I sucked it? I was 10 years old, but it's true. I put Doug Goebbels, same word, in my mouth. I was in fourth grade. It was no big deal. He sucked mine, too. And you know what? It wasn't terrible. Close quote. There's a novel by Toni Morrison, her first, also popular in schools. Among other things, it involves an older male speaking of the joy of biting certain body parts of a young girl's. Also not appropriate me appropriate for me to utter out loud what those body parts are. And then it talks about also of eating ice cream with these girls while they were in states of, well, as the book says, legs open. Little girls. Parents who don't love this sort of thing are treated to an attempted scandalous story about them in the New York Times today. The article is titled, quote, A Fast-Growing Network of Conservative Groups is fueling a surge in book bans. Conservative groups are trying to ban books. Of course, of course, of course. So you can get the idea that parents who oppose these books in schools are backwards, to put it no lower. The New York Times reports to us, quote, in practice, the books most frequently targeted for removal have been by or about black or LGBTQ people, according to the American Library Association, close quote. Now, never mind that if the books were by or about white people, the attitudes would be exactly the same. This is where, by the way, the envelope of intersectionality reaches new peaks in order to drive cultural norms to new lows. It's not enough that the book is about adult-child sex. The sex has to be between an adult and child of the same sex and then again make one of them a minority. 
So anyone who objects to the first part, adult child sex, is scandalized about the last part, taking on something that happens to include a racial or sexual minority member in our community. From the New York Times, we get this, quote, some libraries and parents are concerned it will have a chilling effect. This list could be seen as a warning, like don't even bother with these books, said Michelle Jarrett, the library media supervisor for a school district in Osceola County. Quote, librarians across the state are already self-censoring for fear of retribution and asking themselves, am I ready to defend this book? Is this worth the fight? Yes, that is the point. Parents don't want their kids reading age-inappropriate crap, no matter how you dress it up. If parents want their kids reading this, there is no shortage of online booksellers from Amazon to Barnes & Noble to, sad to say, too many bookstores and, yes, public libraries where the parents can make the decisions to buy or borrow them. The point of this New York Times story is to paint conservatives as yahoos who want to ban books, especially if they include minority races. This theme has been pretty popular on the left and pops up from the New York Times every few years. Banning books, banning art, calling us Bible thumpers or yahoos or Neanderthals. The Scopes trial is invoked. McCarthyism is invoked. Sometimes in the worst excesses of the left, when they run out of analogies, even Kristallnacht is invoked. This has ever been with us, and many of you will remember the scene of such in Field of Dreams or perhaps the fight over whether public funds should endow a crucifix soaking in urine as art or a depiction of Mary soaking in feces. You saw some of this during the curriculum fights in Virginia last year and really all over the place right now with emanations and penumbras coming out of the Florida Contratal where the left has either fully misunderstood what was taking place there or is fully aware and wants to distract with straw man arguments about using the word gay, which is not what the legislation is about at all, but a convenient distraction and ignoratio elenchi to shift the actual arguments to one that makes those of us who care about the brains and emotions of our children as anti-gay when we are not, and indeed when even some of the supporters of the legislation happen to be gay. The left wants this fight, seemingly. Earlier this year, Governor Gavin Newsom of California, who I'm guessing dreams each day of becoming the president of the United States or Perhaps in mid-administration, President Kamala Harris's vice president fired a cultural shot when he tweeted a picture of himself reading a Toni Morrison novel, the novel being Beloved, which is not the book at issue in the New York Times. He had four other books on his table. The two you can see are To Kill a Mockingbird by Harper Lee and the other is 1984 by George Orwell. He tweeted out this message, quote, reading some banned books to figure out what these states are so afraid of, close quote. This was part of his attack on Ron DeSantis in Florida. Let's go back to a few basics, shall we? The resistance to the assignment of age-inappropriate books to children dealing with advanced sexual and gender themes is not banning. It's curriculum development. In a world the left wants us to be sensitive to under the guise of the new acronym SEL, Social and Emotional Learning, You'd think the left would be on board with not hypersexualizing children for adult gender and sex wars, given every piece of social science research on the psychological and emotional harms that result from children being exposed to those themes at too young, at too early an age. Boy, do they get it. 
when it comes to playing cops and robbers and having toy guns, don't they? That children should never be exposed to. The true story of a boy named Penelope, recommended for pre-K audiences, should be standard fare, unobjectionable, we are told. Playing cowboys, cops, and robbers, or having toy guns is what's really unhealthy. But can we start with a basic point, our postmodern and relativistic world I'm understanding? First of all, to kill a mockingbird, excuse me, to kill a mockingbird in the story of two men sexually amusing themselves around a swimming pool and discovering their sexual abilities and prowesses are not on the same par. Here I must take us back to a teaching from Irving Kristol either never learned or forgotten long ago. In an essay in the New York Times in 1971, he put it this way, quote, What reason is there to think that anyone was ever corrupted by a book? That question, oddly enough, is asked by the very same people who seem convinced that advertisements in magazines or displays of violence on television do indeed have the power to corrupt. It is also asked, incredibly enough and in all sincerity, by people, for example, university professors and school teachers whose very lives provide all the answers one could want. After all, if you believe that no one was ever corrupted by a book, you have also to believe that no one was ever improved by a book or a play or a movie. You have to believe, in other words, that all art is morally trivial and that consequently all education is morally irrelevant. No one. Not even a university professor really believes that, close quote. I really think there's a volume of logic in that point and think it worthy of almost repeating. After all, if you believe that no one was ever corrupted by a book, you also have to believe that no one was ever improved by a book. You have to believe that all art is morally trivial, all art is morally trivial and that all education is morally irrelevant. No one really believes that. So if we can, on to banning books. To kill a mockingbird. Who's doing the banning of that? That's been the left. I can't speak to Toni Morrison's works very much, but I do know the book Governor Newsom is reading of hers, her most famous, is not usually the book of hers that does create controversy and curriculum debates. It's an entirely different and much lesser known book. As for the novel 1984, I don't know why Governor Newsom thinks he's scoring a point against the right by making it prominent. It will say, I I will say, I do look forward to his reading it and look forward to his reporting on it, as it could be the cause of his switching parties. My guess is, though, he will see 1984 not as a warning, but as a blueprint, a how-to manual. Not wanting a book in a certain grade in school or in a school library is not banning books. There are curriculum and textbook debates all the time in school board after school board around the country. Ever wonder why one textbook is chosen over another in a given school? Well, surprise, surprise, this is how that works. One is chosen for reasons having to do with reading levels, age appropriateness, comprehensibility, and a range of factors, while the majority of books are actually not chosen. Is it banning a book to prevent an elementary school library from having a book aimed at four- and five-year-olds depicting graphic sex? If there is such a thing as graphic sex anymore? No. First, it may be worth reminding people that child pornography, defined in part as, quote, sexually explicit conduct involving a minor, close quote, has no First Amendment protection, 
is illegal. And books like this press the limits of that definition. Second, have we become so calloused and inured to the most extreme and graphic that they have been defined down as nothing special to see here? In a famous line from Justice John Marshall Harlan in 1971, he wrote, quote, one man's lyric is another man's vulgarity, close quote. Really? Do we do that with reasonable doubt or any number of other things the law requires us to make judgments about? Try the phrase reckless disregard. Walter Burns had a smarter take on Harlan's relativism, writing, quote, it is a foolish statement at best. And at worst, it's pernicious. For if Harlan is right, there is no such thing as vulgarity and therefore no reason to censor. By the same token, there is also no such thing as art and therefore no reason not to censor. Third, the Supreme Court has weighed in on this issue of banning books in schools before. The controlling case is called Board of Education versus Pico from 1982. There, even the liberals on the court, like Thurgood Marshall and William Brennan, wrote, quote, If a Democratic school board, motivated by party affiliation, ordered the removal of all books written by or in favor of Republicans, few would doubt that the order violated the constitutional rights of the students denied access to those books. An unconstitutional motivation would not be demonstrated if it were shown that the petitioners had decided to remove the books at issue because those books were vulgar. If it's a matter of education suitability, it would not carry the danger of an official suppression of ideas and thus would not violate First Amendment rights, close quote. So if the left really wants to push this, let's push this because that is exactly what they've been up to. They are the ones banning books, things that are deemed conservative or Republican, to use the phraseology of Brennan and Marshall. And as Brennan and Marshall, and yes, the rest of the Supreme Court as well put it, education suitability is a perfectly reasonable reason to keep a book out of schools, and it would not constitute a breach of the First Amendment or banning any more than not putting a calculus book or an Aristotle book in the hands of kindergartners or first graders. That wouldn't be seen as inappropriate. That would be seen as age-appropriate, except those books, even if incomprehensible, would not relate to psychological deficits or disinhibition later in life. Age-appropriate and educational suitability are not, should not be political issues. Though keep in mind, to the left, everything is political. The personal is political, which is why you will find those arguing to have these books in schools too often come from people working out their own, shall we say, issues. Why else did we see teacher after teacher crying into their Instagram feeds when Florida passed the law outlawing sexually themed books and conversations to five-year-olds? That's not what schools are for. It's not what education is for. Children should not be the foot soldiers for adult sexual and political angst. That is what fascists and communists do with kids. End of day, think of it this way. Joe Camel was forbidden in advertising lest children become attracted to cigarettes. So is the aiming of tobacco and alcohol advertising to children. Those who support such rules know damned well the language and imagery leads to or can lead to action, encouragement, use. The entire ad industry 
An op-ed industry knows this, and they set out to protect children's lungs as a result. I just think it's a sick society that thinks children's lungs are important while their brains are not, or their childhood. The great sociologist Neil Postman in his book The Disappearance of Childhood wrote, quote, Certainly it would be hard to defend the proposition that a healthy society demands that death, mental illness, and homosexuality remain dark and mysterious secrets. And it would be even less defensible to argue that adults ought not to approach these subjects in any but the most restricted circumstances. But the opening of these subjects to all in unbound circumstances poses dangers and in particular makes the future of childhood problematic. For if there are no dark and fugitive mysteries for adults to conceal from children and then reveal to them as they think necessary, safe and proper, then surely the dividing line between adults and children becomes dangerously thin. We have here, in other words, a Faustian bargain. It is clear that if we turn over to children a vast store of powerful adult material, childhood cannot survive. By definition, adulthood means mysteries solved and secrets uncovered. If from the start the children know the mysteries and the secrets, how shall we tell them apart from anyone else? Close quote. In other words, why have the notion or concept of children or childhood at all if we're just going to treat them all as adults? Still, as this society tries to knock down all those distinctions, many of us still think the distinctions matter. Some of us still think Neil Postman was right when he wrote that even children want to be children, or at least think their childhood is important, and that it may not be a great idea to expose them all to everything that the elders know. Quote, to do so means that they have become adults, or at least adult-like. It means, to use a metaphor of my own, that in having access to the previously hidden fruit of adult information, they are expelled from the garden of childhood, close quote. Some of us, even if we don't work for the New York Times, think those gardens are still, or should still be, beautiful. I'm Seth Liebson, 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Today, Joe Biden, at a signing ceremony at the White House, uh, went into more of this, at, at least at the adult stage uh, of life, in uh, signing a same-sex marriage bill that has a lot more to it than that. It's called the Respect, the Respect for Marriage Act. And um, he used the occasion to uh, blast out, and I'll play the audio a little bit later, that um, anyone who criticizes surgeons who perform transgender surgeries is responsible for racism, anti-Semitism, and homophobia, he said, because it's all connected, he said. There were reasons to vote against this bill because the Democrats cleverly put in the bill a protection for interracial marriages, which no one is against, just forcing people who wanted to vote against this bill to be labeled as also against interracial marriage. Boy, the speed and cleverness at which they operate, it's incredible. It's faster than a speeding bullet. We have a lot more coming up. Don't go away. We'll be right back. 
Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. John Dombrowski Jr. is the founder and president of Grand Canyon Planning Associates. His website is grandcanyonplanning.com, and he has a radio show every Saturday morning at 7 a.m. right here on 960 a.m., The Word on Wealth, and he brings us our culture and economy update. John, how are you today? Fantastic, Seth. Thank you. Good. Uh, CPR, CPI numbers came in a little yes. better than expected today, yeah? Yeah, we, we saw... Um Definitely, uh, the effect of uh, higher interest rates is uh, having having an effect on inflation. We're seeing uh, since October, which was the peak, uh, we're down in November, down in December now, and or I should say down in October and November. We don't have December's numbers yet, uh, but we seem to be on the right path. Uh, and if that's the case, it's very possible that inflation has peaked. The markets reacted very positively to the news this morning. Uh, but prices are still high. There's no question about that. But it, they are on the the right track at this point and beginning to uh, you know begin the path of lowering. Welcome news for those yes. uh, who are behind on their uh, on their holiday shopping, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Yes. Here's a story that just gets more interesting by the day. Maybe you can unpack some of what you find interesting about it. The Sam Bankman Freed arrest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there's a lot to it, but. Give us your overview and thoughts on it. Uh, well, uh, I was first of all surprised on that it took this long yeah. for them to arrest him. But I believe they had him, um, you know, they knew where he was. I'm sure they were keeping a very close tab on him mm-hmm. uh, to make sure that he couldn't run. Uh, and so they were just letting him continue to make comments that I think probably just further, uh, you know, wrapped him around this uh, this issue that's going to he's going to face these legal issues uh, and probably spend a lot of years in jail once all this settles. But uh, what is interesting about it is is how um, they just took investors' money and used it for their own uh, purpose. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was uh, very interesting how they used multiple companies, which is a common thing when people are trying to uh, you know, take advantage of uh, investors' money. They just tried to use a little bit of a shell game here. And took money directly out of uh, clients' accounts, uh, moved it over to one of his other firms, uh, had an open line of credit that uh, they could use for any reason whatsoever, and they used it uh, to purchase a a quarter billion dollars of real estate in uh, the Bahamas, which the Bahamas is now saying that they should be in charge of this. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, it's going to be a it's going to be a battle. There's going to be so many people that are affected by this set, and I really don't know how investors are going to get their money back because right. this is not something that really fell under the regulatory guidelines of the SEC as as a normal traditional investment. Because would. it was cryptocurrency, yeah. right? Yeah. Which it's, is not under the regulation of the it, SEC. Exactly. Like now cable they, TV is not under the FCC kind right. of thing. Right. Okay. Now, they broke, they broke some securities and exchange laws, mm-hmm. uh, but – that is not. That doesn't necessarily mean that um, you know it's going to be covered under the insurance. That came out of a separate part of his work, right? A hedge yeah. fund, if I'm not yeah. mistaken. Yeah. If I'm following mm-hmm. this right, there's so a lot of layers to this. There's yeah. a ton of layers, yeah. and it's going to take a while to unwrap all of this, and it just gets deeper and deeper. This web. Is it? Does is it? Does it have memories or odors of of the Madoff uh, the Madoff story uh, with the misappropriation of funds? Is is it a scandal of that level? I think it could be bigger. It might be bigger. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's much bigger than that. The dollars of it are just uh, much, much bigger. Uh, and in, in some of the case, most of the cases in that uh, situation, many of the people did receive their money back. Okay. Um, they're probably not all of it, but some people received all, if, if not a, a large portion of their investment back. 
And one part of this, too, is going to be the abuse of funds, the misuse, misappropriation and misuse of funds for political purposes, yeah. for political donations. Mm-hmm. That's going to be egg on a lot of faces, too. Yeah, isn't I it? would imagine so. And I, I'm sure a lot of the, the politicians out there that were maybe involved in some fashion or another are hoping that it doesn't you know, hit them. But I, I'm just wondering how, again, if money went to whether it's a Democrat or a Republican or whoever it may be, uh, if money went there. Uh, how are they going to get that money back? Yeah, you know, because that money's spent, right? Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, the money's the yeah the money the money is has been spent, and it's also probably going to be in another element of this, John. It's probably going to put more uh, eyebrow raising to anything having to do with cryptocurrency. I know we have different thoughts yeah. uh, on different days about those things, but for those that are skeptical of it, it's it's another it's another chink in that, isn't it? Yeah, this is a non-traditional investment. Yeah. We've talked about the risks yeah. associated with this, and uh, yeah, I believe that it has to begin to be highly regulated, yeah. just like any other investment out there to protect the public. This can happen. Yeah, right. Yep. Thank you, so, John. You bet. Securities always. and advisory services offered through Creative One Securities LLC, a member of FINRA and an investment advisor, Grand Canyon Planning Associates LLC, and Creative One Securities LLC are not affiliated. Talk to you tomorrow, Seth. You bet. Thanks, Bye-bye. John. I'm Seth Liebson, 602-508-0960. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. John is in Peoria. Hello, John. Hello, Seth. As always, the best bumper music. <laughs> A little Charlie uh, Pride for yeah. you there, huh? Yeah, I got to say it all the time because it's true. Yeah, thank you, hey, sir. Listen, please help me out, buddy. Uh, I am so sick of some of these Republicans, uh, and you know which ones I'm probably talking about. And I'll make reference to that omnibus omnibus spending bill. How, in good conscience, are they going along with that in the Senate? Please help me out. Well, I, I, <laughs> I don't. I don't have any. I, I don't have any special knowledge. You don't have, John. Um, there's a. There's you know. There's there's. There's a lot of lobbying, obviously, and a lot of money flying around. As as uh, as David Schweikert likes to remind us, it's mostly about that. Usually, it's mostly about that, and it's about a lot of favoritism, and it's um it's it's a really sad thing. Mitch Dector once said, "The Republican Party is the cross we conservatives have to bear," and yeah. uh, it's not every Republican, uh, but it's too many of them. It's it's. Seth, it's getting harder to hold your nose. Uh, I mean, we didn't have to do that here in Arizona, but I mean, across the country, I believe it would be harder to hold for some conservatives to hold their nose and pull that lever. Like, there's a remember when you were saying, who should we vote for in the, the come before the election? You vote straight R, which we yep. always should do. Yep. But it's getting harder. For conservatives, I think to hold their nose, especially with a guy like, and I'll I'll point to his name right, but Mitch McConnell. Yeah, he may have done some good things, but man, he's really doing some snaky things right now. I think. Yeah, it's always one step up the ladder with him and two down, isn't it? Uh, or sometimes yeah, it's no two. Kidding. Yeah, it, it really is. Um, you know, we thank him on a few things that uh, maybe he's the best at doing, at least so I'm told. I don't know him at all. I've never – you know, it's funny. In all my time in Washington, about 15 years, I never 
I never met him. Um, but uh, but you know we're, we're supposed to thank him for helping save our judiciary any number of times, and that's probably the most important of things when it comes to comes to domestic issues, or at least comes to uh, preserving our country and our culture. But yeah, when it comes to this other stuff, John, it's disappointment after disappointment. I'm ready for some new leadership all around. I'm ready for new leadership at the RNC. I think Harmeet Dillon would be a much better chair uh, than um, than uh, giving uh, Ronna McDaniel another another go at it. Um, so I'm hoping that, that that we'll see a change there. That seems to be an uphill battle, but a winnable one. Uh, and I'd like to see some some leadership change in the in the Senate as well. Although I think that's that's not probably going to be the case uh, in this in this session. What about the House, Seth? Well, you know, the House looks like that's already been baked uh, in the sense that the caucus already voted uh, last month. To give uh, to give the uh, speakership to Kevin McCarthy as as a matter of the Republican Party, there are a few people that are going to try and make a challenge. As I read it, uh, with the entirety of the House of Representatives when the new Congress is sworn in, but if the Republicans can't, as a matter of the Republican Party, change out Kevin, they're probably going to be keeping him. And I have, I you know, I I I do like him better uh, than than. Maybe some of the conservative critics will say I, I do, uh, and I find it interesting that some of my heroes also seem to be highly supportive of him. People like Jim Jordan. Um, I, I, I say it's worth giving him giving him this shot in the opposition as Speaker of the House. Um, we can always change our mind on that in two years. The Senate's a little different. Well, how do you convince your buddy Andy? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't have a good answer, John. I don't. Okay. I don't. I just don't. Um, but you know, it's a free country, and everyone has a has a chance to run for the office that they want to, uh, and that they feel qualified yeah. for. And uh, you know, buy your ticket, uh, pay your price, and see what happens. I I don't have I don't have any advice. This is not a world I live in very very comfortably yeah buddy i'm sorry that's okay i mean i'm i'm you know it's it's okay it is okay it is okay <laughs> it'll it is okay <laughs> thank you for everything thank you, you john i appreciate you very much david is in anthem hello david seth good afternoon good thank afternoon you to you show. sir a uh, quick comment uh regarding sam bankman freed i find the uh, timing of his arrest very suspicious. Me too. He was, uh, he was invited, not yep. compelled, but invited right. to testify in front of Congress yep. in 48 hours. And seemed willing to, by the way. Co- correct. And he was picked up, I checked my facts, but I think it was Bahamian authorities. It was not the FBI or the CIA. Right. Um, wasn't federal authorities so right because I think there's a fight of, over over whose he is, but the FBI did indict him. He is a major donor to the tune of several hundred million dollars yep. to the Democrats, yep. and all yep. of a sudden he just inconveniently gets arrested 48 yep. hours before this invitation to testify. Yep. And uh, boy, my and my, gets uh, all the protections against self-incrimination as a result. Interesting. Which is interesting. also interesting because he was doing a pretty good job of incriminating himself along the way. It seemed, 
And he seemed willing to come to Congress and talk about it. And he seemed not to be a flight risk. Uh, he wasn't really in hiding. Um, he seemed to be accessible. He seemed willing to go to Congress. It does seem like um, it does seem like the Department of Justice is uh, it. I mean, the appearance is that the Department of Justice is doing the bidding of what the Department of Justice does the bidding of, which is Democratic Party officialdom. Yes. This this is this is this is where the real cleansing of the Augie and Stables needs to take place, and uh, that's I mean I mentioned Jim Jordan uh, a few moments ago. I I I think the moon and the stars have fallen on his shoulders, uh, as Harry Truman said they did for him when he became president. Uh, I think they've fallen on Jim's, uh, and you know if Jim can dis- dispatch with his uh, investigations and committees and hearings. The same way that uh, Truman was able to handle the moon and the stars that fell on his shoulders, um, I think we're going to be in good shape. I, I, this, the greatest thing about this election is Jim Jordan, even though he's not Speaker of the House. That's okay. He didn't want to be. He thought he would be better used here, and I think he will be. I, th- I, I hope so, and I think so. Um, that's. It's going to be the first time in a long time. We've had serious sunlight uh, being used for serious purposes of disinfection, and uh, and I'm looking forward to it. January can't come soon enough. Let me put in a word as we go to break for our friends at Y-Refi. If you uh, are concerned with stock market volatility, they have a portfolio with a high fixed rate of return. That's not correlated to the stock market. Your interest rate is compounded daily. You're paid monthly. There are no fees. This is a secure collateralized portfolio, a portfolio where you can um, turn your monthly income on or off, compound it, whatever you choose, and no loss of principal if you need your money back at any time. It's a due diligence approved firm. You can earn up to a 10.25% rate of return, up to 10.25%. Just check them out at investyrefi.com. That's invest, the letter Y, then refy.com. Or call 888-Y-REFI-34. That's 888-Y-REFI-34. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Turning Point USA is bringing America's biggest freedom party to Phoenix. It's coming up December 17th. It's going to run through the 20th. It's just a few days away. It's going to be at the Phoenix Convention Center. America Fest 2022 will feature some of the biggest names in the conservative movement. Of course, Charlie Kirk, Kaylee McEnany, Laura Ingram, a lot of others. And there will be nightly concerts featuring music legends like Riley Green, Chase Rice, Ray Lynn, and more. You don't want to miss the largest celebration of our constitutional rights and freedoms in America. And right now I have a pair of VIP tickets to give away to the next caller. That is to say two tickets, two VIP tickets, if you call 602-508-0960. The VIP package uh, gives you access, of course, to the general session, VIP lounge access, and reserved seating as well. Now, if you don't win the tickets, um, you can still buy them online at amfest.com, A-M-F-E-S-T, A-M fest.com and we have a special special discount for uh, patriot listeners 960 the patriot listeners if you use uh, patriot if you use the code patriot when checking out at amfest you'll get 50% off your general admission tickets that 50% off applies to the general admission tickets oh this is kind of funny um charles murray you guys know the author charles murray um a really really smart cookie. (laughs) Anyway, he writes, I've got a problem with the new Twitter. No one is invading my timeline. 
I'm reading tweets from familiar, reasonable people, but I can feel myself becoming radicalized, not because I'm falling for loony conspiracy theories, but because so many looming, excuse me, but because so many loony things seem to be coming true. Yeah. Yeah, he's right. It makes one a little more hesitant to uh, criticize conspiracy theories or loony conspiracy theories as they seem to be coming more and more true. Uh, Joe Biden, what was his latest? Yeah. Can you tell me what the heck he's talking about here at the signing ceremony for the Respect for Marriage Act today? Listen to this. Justice Thomas went even further and he wrote the following quote. We should reconsider all the court's substantive due process presidents, including Griswold, Lawrence, Obergefell. That means he thinks we should reconsider whether you've got the right access to contraception. And yes, we should reconsider whether you have the right to marry who you love. And that's not only the challenge ahead. When a person can be married in the morning, and thrown out of a restaurant for being gay in the afternoon, this is still wrong. I have no idea what he's talking about. You can be married in the morning and thrown out of a restaurant for being gay in the afternoon uh, for years, at least two years now. Uh, that that has been impossible under Title VII. I, this guy, whew, what he won't weaponize for his political progressivism, what he won't weaponize. Really incredible. I don't know if he believes this stuff. I, I just don't know. Or if his speechwriters believe this stuff. I just don't know. I don't know if he's freelancing. I don't know if he has his wits about him. But I do know it all goes in one direction. Not good. We'll be right back. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com. <laughs> 